0: Before I get to that prophecy from 1963 I want to share things But before I even get to the message I need to share what I got this morning So look over, I want to show you something This is a different time It's dangerous to open the Bible (laughs) I mean just for your daily reading (laughs) Because it's going to start leaping out at you Because it's a word for the day It's a word for the time But I want to just show you some. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Look in verse 5, 1 Peter chapter 1. You guys are with me? And then I'll get to the message, maybe. Maybe this is it. I just know this is one of my favorite scriptures because if God didn't do this, I'd be, in a tr- I'd be in a mess. And you might be too. Verse 5, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Now, let me back up and give you some context. In verse 3... Blessed be the Lord God Blessed God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ It goes into detail about the abundant mercy How how many of you are thankful for the mercies of God? New every morning Great is his faithfulness And we can boast that he's given us a living hope We're called into a living hope Because of the resurrection The resurrection changed it all How many of you know that? It was the single greatest Moment in all of history When Jesus rose from the dead It changed the game And then it talks about our inheritance in heaven That's uh, incorruptible, undefiled Does not fade away You can't forget about the inheritance That is reserved for us There is a heaven to come Heaven's not preached on a whole lot anymore We need to remember Remember this is not all there is. So what if you lose your life in this life? You have a life that is eternal, an inheritance that's reserved, undefiled, incorruptible. But this is one of my favorite verses. I, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times. How many of you are thankful that you don't have to keep yourself God will keep you. I'm kept by the power of God Almighty. My part is through faith in him for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. What last time is that? Well, I want to show you. We're going to look a little more. In this, you greatly rejoice. We should be rejoicing, though now for a little while. Say a little while. I, thought, I told Shirley this morning when I read this at breakfast, things came to my mind. I thought about how it's just a moment. And then I thought about, you know, in the book of Revelation, was it where he went into prison for 10 days? And it was just a moment of time. And I remember when I read that, the Lord said, boy, you ought to be thankful it's more. It's not more than 10 days. Now, 10 days may mean a whole much more than, than we have time to go into this morning. But what it means is you won't be in jail for 365 days. Ten days is better than a whole year, isn't it? And that's what he's saying. You're kept by the power of God. In this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials. So when the various trials come, what do you do? You rejoice. Why? Look in the next verse. That the genuineness of what? The faith that you profess you have in the one who's claimed to keep you by his name and by his power. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. How many of you know even the gold that you buried in the ground is going to perish? One day Now maybe you didn't bury any any in the ground Maybe you hid it under the bed Wherever you hid it I don't know where Maybe you don't even have any gold I don't think there's any even gold In Fort Knox Somebody said they stole it My question is Who stole it Time to give it back That's time to whoever stole it Give it back But they steal from us every day. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by what? What's happening now in America? Cities are erupting in fire. But that's not what he's speaking. There's a different fire that comes to test what sort we are of. Whether we professed faith or whether we had a genuine faith. How many of you know that? Only the genuine will really rise to the surface in this hour All the others will be devoured in the fire But anyway, he goes Though it is tested by fire May be found to praise, honor, and glory At the revelation of Jesus Christ And that's his coming The last time, the revelation Remember we already spoke about The book of Revelation is not a scary book, is it? Now you could make it a scary book You just focus on the scary parts But you gotta remember it's about the revelation It's the unfolding, the revealing of Jesus Christ And so we are kept, our faith in him for salvation Kept by the power of God Ready to be revealed at the revelation The last time is the revelation of Jesus Christ And this is the time we're now entering into And I can tell you, you can look in verse 10, of this salvation the prophets have inquired. They prophesied of the grace that would come to you and me in this hour. How many of you know that? We're a prophetic people because the prophets of old literally prophesied about you and me being on the earth at this time in history. And that we would be the ones who would demonstrate genuine faith. Then you look in verse 11, He testified beforehand that the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. And so he gives Jesus as an example. Did he not suffer at the cross? And yet he saw the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. He suffered the shame. He was willing to go to the cross for you and me. Now even as he suffered, you and I are to do what? We're to suffer likewise. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold and silver, would be found to the praise and glory and honor of him. Now, I don't know if you see what I see in that, but I see a lot in that. And then you can go I mean, this whole book is like a book for 2020. It tells us even how to live in verse 13, to gird up the loins of your mind. Don't go crazy like everybody else is. People are losing their mind right now. He's not giving you a spirit of fear But love and power and of a sound mind So gird up the loins of your mind Be sober Rest That's a good word isn't it Do you realize you can rest In the middle of war We're going to learn about that Rest your hope fully upon the grace That is to be brought to you at the revelation And there it is again Then in all your conduct, in verse 15, be holy, for he is holy. Man, you could preach on that. Maybe, Lord, I should just preach on that. So I did. We need to talk about a few things. Because the world is going berserk. The nation is losing its mind. How many of you know that? We're coming to the time, if you, even, if you even desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, what's going to happen? You suffer persecution. What does that tell us? Two things. Where has our passion and desire to live godly in Christ Jesus? Where has it been? Why haven't we been suffering more? That would be my question when I heard that there were some complaints that we worship God in this field, and that actually encouraged me. I said, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you do it only one time and hell erupts, what's going to happen when you do it 10 to 20 times? They're going to come with shotguns. This is going to be fun. You guys know that. Now, I'm not meaning... I'm not trying to be Sunday morning version of CNN I'm, This is good news I'm going to get to the good news You just got to tell the truth The wages of sin The last time I checked in the book It's still D-E-A-T-H You sin, you die Nations sin, they die You know what the Bible says The nations that forget God You know what God said he's going to do? Nobody remembers Nobody remembers He will turn them into hell. God said that? Absolutely. He will turn into hell the nations that forget God. That's why it's a good thing to remember. That's why it's a good thing to return. That's why it's a good thing to repent. What does the word repent mean? Return. Hosea said return to the Lord. This is the time. And many people all over the nation are returning to him. In Ma- Did you know what happened in Minnesota at the very intersection where George Floyd was killed? A revival broke out. They had a great meeting. I understand what I heard. I wasn't obviously. We don't know firsthand. I'm just by what we read. But multitudes of people were saved. They even had baptism in the streets, on the corner where the man was murdered. And you know, we all of us we would agree the man was murdered. We saw. Unless it was some fake film, he was murdered. We don't, none of us would agree with that. But I just so appreciate God uses that which is evil for good. And a move of God erupted. I'm going to get to go to up there myself if it, you know the Lord wills. There was a guy that visited here from Louisiana. Anybody visits from Louisiana, they get my attention. And uh, anyway, he wanted to give me this band. It's called One Blood and he's, what he's doing is he's leading one blood revivals What timing And he's going to St. Paul, Minnesota in September And he invited me to come And so anyway I've been wearing this I'm going to get to preach a one blood revival Listen, in Christ Jesus there's neither black nor white There's neither slave nor free There's neither male nor female in Christ Jesus We're one, there's one blood we don't have a systemic racism problem We have a systemic sin problem in America And the only answer is the blood of Jesus Christ And we're going to shout it as loud as we can in this hour Now, I want to share a few things Because you've you got to hear this prophecy Because it's like, it's like he's prophesying today God, what did you do? Did you tell Kenneth Hagin what was going to happen in 2020? Yes Okay, first I want you to go to uh, John chapter 14. Say, I'm with you. I hope so, because sometimes I feel all alone. You ever feel all alone? And you're going to feel that way in this hour. Some of you are going to feel all alone. And you're going to have to make a choice. Even family members will disown you. If Jesus meant what he said. They'll be upset because you even tweeted This is going to be an exciting time John chapter 14 So Jesus what do we do about this Go and barricade ourselves in our little homes Hide in our cupboard under the sink You know what are we going to do Verse chapter 14 verse 1 Let not your heart be troubled That's a good word isn't it Let not your heart be troubled You believe in God You say you believe How many of you believe in God then believe also in me. And when he said that, in Jesus speaking about himself, not only believe him, but believe the words that he said. Believe everything about him. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, the word trouble means don't be agitated. Don't be fearful. When you're fearful, what are you? You're full of fear. We don't want to be full of fear. We want to be full of faith. We want to be excited, ready for the times, because God will keep us at this time ready to be revealed. There's much yet to be revealed. The word means anxious, unsettled, disturbed, distressed. Basically means troubled. Jesus said, don't be troubled. Why? Well, there are four things. Number one, believe in God and believe in his son, Jesus Christ. Stake your claim. I'm a follower. I believe in Jesus. And don't back off of it. Because there are going to be some challenges. There will be some attempts to get you to back off of what you say you believe in. And then secondly, believe in the assurance that there's more to come. He says, I'm going to prepare a place. What does that mean to us? It could mean what we just read in heaven, this, this incorruptible, undefiled place reserved for you. Some people say that verse speaks of that which is coming in this life. Either one, it speaks of better things to come. If you're a believer, there's more to come than what meets the eye at this very moment. And then it means to stand on the truth that Jesus is coming again because He said that, "I will if I go to prepare place, I will come again." Listen, we need to preach about the second coming again. He's coming. How many of you know He's coming? That's been the great hope. That's why they were able to lay their lives down. Why they were able to give it all up, because they knew that there was something more, and Jesus is coming again. And then the next thing is that where I am There you may be also In other words we're going to be with him forever We get to be with Jesus I think we were talking about that in our song You know Lord I didn't come for blessing I came to be in your presence I've shared with you This is really cool now Because we have a lot of visitors I can repeat some of the stories I told ten years ago because people hadn 't heard him, but I remember the Billy Graham it used to be in Wheaton, Illinois. Do you know that the Billy Graham Library used to be up in Wheaton, and I was attending a, a Billy Graham you know school of evangelism or something and and I used to go to those went to one in Amsterdam anyway it was Billy Graham had a great impact in my life and but anyway, I was attending this one at Wheaton and stephen oford and i 've shared with you he 's the guy res, prophesied over me but anyway it's really pretty cool story I won't go into detail but he was preaching at Wheaton Bible College or at the church Wheaton Bible Church it's Wheaton College is there in the city and I remember that night I went I said God I'm going tonight to hear Dr. Stephen Oford. and I don't want anything from you I don't want to be blessed I'm not going to this place for blessing God I'm going tonight I want to be a blessing to you And I'm telling you, that was one of the best services I ever attended in my entire life to that point. I got blessed beyond measure because I didn't go to get something. I went and gave myself to him. You give yourself to him, the blessings will overtake you. You won't be able to contain that which he will, that will follow you, land on you. But anyway, I want to, Just look at some scriptures. Can we just look at some scriptures? We're going to let our fingers do the walking this morning because we need to just look at some things, and then I'm going to share this incredible prophetic word from Kenneth Hagin. I didn't come out of that camp, the faith camp, you know. but I I remember Kenneth Hagin well because he was a mighty teacher of the Word of God. How many of you came out of the faith camp, the Hagin, Copeland, some of you did. You know him well. Mighty man of God. Anyway, I'll get to it. But somebody recently suggested, a couple of people actually, because I mentioned it from here. You know, the but gods in the Bible. So they said, you should teach on that. You should preach on that. And then I heard somebody else suggest it. So I said, well, God, maybe that's you. So I'm going to look at some of the but gods this morning. Because if you look at the world, if you look at the nation, it looks like there's some things Are not too good You know how I many you know what I'm talking about There's trouble in America today And I remember in my own life If it was up to me I, I would not have made it to where I am today How many of you if it had been up to you But there was a God in my life There was a but God That intervened And changed certain circumstances And situations And delivered me he proved himself faithful to me. How many of you know that's the way he's been? He's faithful, he's faithful, and I can tell you by what—if you just look by all appearance—unless God comes and does something mighty in our nation, you know where we're heading, don't you? We're heading to civil war. It's the next step. The hatred is growing, but it'll not just be contained to mere words or emails, or threats, it'll become much worse. Because that's the nature of the spirit of Antichrist. If you want to know what the devil masters in, look in John 10.10, the thief comes to do three things. Kill, steal, and destroy. I can't believe some of the things we're seeing. In Seattle, they surrendered, what, six blocks of their city? The people of Washington ought to be demanding that governor resign immediately. Where's the guts in America again? They ought to, they ought to have the mayor already. They ought to have millions of signatures demanding you resign Monday morning at 9 a.m. And it should already be. They're sworn to defend the Constitution, not surrender their cities to anarchy. We could go into a little bit more. I might as well because they're going to come for us anyway. You might as well get in all you can get while you can. But I pray for wisdom. We need wisdom. You know, you've got to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Lord, why did you say be wise as a serpent? Why did you use that phrase? Well, serpent, Shirley saw a serpent the other day. She came screaming in the house. I'm sitting in the back. I'm I'm in the word. I don't know what I'm doing there. And she comes screaming, "Help! Help!" And I went and helped. I rescued her. The serpent, the snake, they are standing in the way. No, big old. Well, it wasn't standing. If it had been standing, I would have gone back in the house. It went, <laughs> You understand me? It was just it was rolling. I've seen a serpent in my dream. I've shared with you guys. If I see that serpent, and that's what we're facing today. That's what that dream was all about. But anyway, this serpent is there. And so I just stuck something and took off, you know. And that's what a serpent will do. If you get, you know, you start to step on one, most of the times they'll get out of the way because they're more afraid of you than you are afraid of them. Although that serpent wasn't very afraid of you, Shirley. <laughs> anyway, he's not there anymore. But why is this a serpent? There's times to get out of the path. I guess that was, maybe that's what that means. There's a time to get out of the way so that you can fight another day. Does that make sense? Then there'll be other times you're just gonna have to stand, you're just gonna have to stay. And stand on the word of God. But anyway, wise as a serpent, and harmless as a dove. And we need that combination. You know we're not this is not a fight that flesh can win. It ain't gonna happen. It's not even you can't even begin. It's we've gotta have the dove. We've gotta have the Holy Spirit. So I want to look at some scriptures And I'll just read through them won't take long Then I want to share that prophecy And pray that the Spirit of God Would do it here What was prophesied What was it 57 years ago But anyway the first but God So that's the title of the message You guys with me? In other words Everything would be horrible but God But God So look at Genesis chapter 7 I don't know There's so many but Gods in the Bible We can't do them all But we'll do just a few And then we'll move on But Genesis chapter 7 Verse 17 Now the flood Was on the earth How many of you know There's a flood on the earth today You know hell has Opened its mouth And there's a flood of wickedness That's being released In the earth That's not coming That's here Okay, so that's not the end of the story. The, the other part is when the enemy comes in, like a flood, God raises the standard, right? That's what's happening, he's raising a standard, it's his truth, and it's his people, it's the redeemer. If you read that in its context, it says, and the redeemer shall come. It's the message of redemption. Now the flood was on the earth 40 days, And the waters increased and lifted up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. Verse 18, the waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth. Verse 19, and the waters prevailed. There it is again, exceedingly on the earth. Then in verse 20, the waters prevailed. Three times, the waters prevailed. Verse 21, what did it produce? produced death, and all flesh died. That moved on the earth, birds and cattle Verse 23 he, So he destroyed, God was Behind the judgments So God destroyed all living Things which were on the face Of the earth, creeping things And then Verse 24, and the waters Prevailed, now you could Just go home and stop Right there, the waters prevailed, but that's not The good news, is it? That's not the gospel, that's that's go home and take a chill pill and just get over it. No, there's the gospel. So chapter 8, verse 1, here's the answer. Then God remembered Mo, Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind pass over the earth and the water subsided. Now where's the but God. It's in chapter 8 verse 1 It says then in my version But you look at some of the older versions Instead of the word then It's but So let let me just put it in context Okay the waters are prevailing The waters are prevailing If you didn't get it he repeated it four times The waters are prevailing The waters are prevailing But God But God remembered Noah And in that context It's almost as if he's saying But God remembered his people God is remembering you today. He's remembering me. He's remembering our forefathers. He's remembering all of those that prayed and cried out to him for salvation. He remembered every living but God. And God made a wind to pass over the earth. And the waters subsided. And if you have any question as to how are you putting but God in there, you can back up in chapter 6. And you can see a couple other places where but God is in the context. It's all in the scripture. But God. But God. I'm I'm going back with the older version. We need a but God. We need the wind to blow over America. The hope for America against the prevailing waters and wind is the wind of heaven. It's the wind of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're praying for in this hour and I'm believing God with all my heart for it. We're staking our claim. Okay, Genesis 31. Genesis 31 and uh, verse 40. Well, you can back in, well, 31 verse 24, let me give you a head start. Verse 24 says, but God, there's a but God, but God had come to Laban. But God, now look over in verse 40. There I was. Now this is is Jacob. There I was in the day the drought consumed me. And the frost by night and my sleep departed from my eyes. Now think about what he's talking about there. In the day, I'm dying of drought. It's hot. In the night, I'm freezing to death. And I can't even sleep. I'm wide awake. And there I was. Have you ever been, caught yourself saying, here I am. I'm in a mess. Have you ever been there before? Anybody, you want to just confess. In the day, the demons won't let me rest. In the night, the nightmare, I can't even go to sleep. Whatever. This, he was in a mess. But then it said, look in verse 42, Unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had been with me Surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed He's speaking to Laban because he's in love with Rachel He's serving for Rachel because he loves Rachel And then, now this is one you're going to have to imply But it says God has seen my affliction In other words, I would have died in the day and died in the night I would have been overcome, but God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands. And God, we already read it back over in verse 24 in the previous section. But God rebuked you last night. And you saw that in verse 24. But God came after Laban. Yeah, how many of you see that? There's a but God there. So I want to challenge you. you may, it may look like you're living in the pit But I want to tell you there's a God that's coming to your rescue And I think that's the story Okay now Genesis 50 Some of you have to think about that one Genesis 50 Just review Joseph Minding in his own business And he has a dream And his dream is his brothers are going to bow down to him He tells his He tweets it out loud He sends a tweet about the dream that he's having The brothers How dare you tweet You insensitive whatever And they went after him They wanted to kill him But one of the brothers Stood in the gap That may may not be the best thing to do Let's just throw him in the pit And then of course he was sold into Egypt When he got to Egypt Betrayed, falsely accused. He did not touch that woman. He did not touch the woman. You could believe what he said. When he said, I did not, he meant it. But he was falsely accused, thrown into prison. Then these guys interpret the dreams you know and all this Or He tells the interpretation of dreams One of them He says now remember me When you get out of this dungeon And how, you remember how long it took For him to remember Two years Two more years He's been living humiliated Alright verse 18 And then we know he gets out But then his brothers Now this is after Joseph is restored And he's serving in the king's I mean he's been given so much favor Then his brothers also went away And fell down before his face That's when they're revealed He's revealed to them And they said behold we're your servants Joseph said to them do not be afraid For am I in the place of God But as for you You meant it for evil Against me But God There's a but God But God meant it for what For good, in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. In other words, God had a redemptive purpose in all that Joseph went through. All Joseph had to do was endure, stay the course, and he would see the salvation of God. Now, he had to obey God. He had to be who he was called to be. He could not interpret the dream. He had to fulfill the purpose, the gift that God had given him. But if he would be who God had called him to be, God was going to use his life for the redemption of multitudes of people. Amen. Do you see that? Yes. I hope you catch this, what's behind the scene in that. There's another but God. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 7. There's a bunch of but Gods, so we, obviously we can't do them all. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Verse 7 through verse 10 Here we go It says the Lord did not set his love On you nor choose you Because you were more in number Than any other people For you were the least of all the peoples Have you you ever felt like the least among The crowd that you're in I often feel that way Listen It's, It's something about that human nature You feel like the least among you I don't know that it's a bad thing though There is some, maybe something good in it. It's better to feel like the least than to feel like the most important. You know what I mean? Because that's not going to get you anywhere. God resists the proud, but he gives his grace to the humble, I guess. But anyway, it's it's just something the way we feel, the least of all. But, verse 8, but because the Lord loves you. Verse 9 Therefore know that the Lord your God He is God The faithful God Who keeps covenant and mercy For a thousand generations With those who love him And keep his commandments And he repays though Those who hate him to their face To destroy them In other words You may feel the least It may look impossible But there's a God Because of the love of God That he has for you Things are going to be turned around Sooner or later Do you see that? But God. Okay, look at Psalm 49. Nobody's checked out. Right, yet, right. You're still here. Good, thank you. Please don't leave yet. It's going to happen. Everyone that has a pretend faith will want to desert the crowd When the real glory shows up. I'm just telling you. Everybody that said they had faith, it's going to be tested. Either it will go through the fire and it will become a genuine faith that will give him glory and honor or it will be a faith that was fake and fade away into oblivion. Can I just be honest? Fake faith will not be around. In fact, the Lord said, When I return to the earth, will I even find faith on the earth? Because of the pressure and the cost. I'm determined he's going to find it. And you should be determined as well. Because I believe he's going to. Now, verse 49, chapter 49, verse 13. This is the way of those who are foolish and of their posterity. Posterity who approve their sayings They approve what they have to say in other words It says death Verse verse 14 The second part Death shall feed on them And the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning And their beauty shall be consumed in the grave Far from their dwelling Verse 15 But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave There's a but God In other words death is not the end It's just the beginning But God will redeem my soul From the power of the grave You know there are two destinies One is eternal life The other will be eternal death And that's what this scripture I believe Is referring to And our hope is in redemption Now Psalm 73 Let me just read this one So we can move through Psalm 73 verse 26 It says my flesh and my heart fail Fail I want you to do something. Find your your pulse. It's either there. Wait, I know I got one. Or there. Did you find it? How many of you found your pulse? What you guys? Are you exempt? Yeah, you found yours there. Do you know I don't mean to be a bearer of this news, but do you know there's coming a day when what you just felt will never happen again? It'll be the last beat of your life. Unless Jesus comes again and and we're just caught up and forever be with the Lord, that's going to happen. But there's going to be a day when our heart will fail. Now, our prayer is, Lord, help us stay in shape, bodily exercise, profits a little. We don't want to speed up the process. You know, if you go eat chocolate cake this afternoon, and I'm not meaning to spoil what you're planning. Just do it in. you know, don't, don't make a habit of it. Don't do it every day. Don't eat chocolate cake every day. Special occasions. Could this be a special occasion, maybe? No, <laughs> no it's good to be. But, you know, Sugar. They tell us it kills you. It does. That's why it's in the American diet. It's everything. Every. And then what is it? High fructose corn syrup. We've dumped that a long time ago. I hope most of you have. You should dump that. It's poison. But regardless, whether you have the poison or you don't, one day there'll be no more beets. Now look at the rest of that. Okay, my flesh and my heart fail. But what is the scripture? The rest of it says my flesh and heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Okay, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Here's another but God. Chapter 3, 2 Thessalonians, verse 1 Finally, brethren, pray for us That's a good, that's a good scripture Lord, cause people to pray for us That the word of the Lord may run swiftly And be glorified just as it is with you And that we may be delivered from unreasonable And wicked men For not all have faith How many of you know that's true? Not all have faith So Lord, deliver us from unreasonable And wicked men But the Lord is faithful But the Lord, there it is, I don't want to miss it But the Lord is faithful, say the Lord is faithful But the Lord is faithful Who will establish you and guard you from evil Or the evil one And so it is today You know that scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 13 We won't look over there But I heard this question recently asked Is the world going to get better or worse? Is America going to get better or worse? You already know the answer. Both. Both. How do you know worse? Because the scripture says, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I can think of some governors right now that that fits them to the T. Evil men and impostors, deceiving and yet deceived. And if God doesn't come and awaken them, they will spend an eternity in separation from God. That's why we have this moment that we have, to remind them of the truth and to pray that God will move. But evil men and imposters, deceiving and being deceived. But I want to remind you that though there will be a worsening there's also going to be something better For those that know their God And I'm quickly going to get there 2 Timothy chapter 4 2 Timothy 4 And that's, this is the context of that scripture And the answer Paul gave Timothy In, in the time when men Will become wicked Worse and worse In verse 1 of chapter 4 I charge you therefore Preach the word Preach the word. Be faithful, you know, ready, in season, out of season. They're going to seek for themselves teachers that will tell them things they want to hear. And they'll turn away from the truth, and they'll turn to fables. But you be watchful in all things, it says in verse 5. Now look down in verse 9. There are a few men that he mentions. First of all, it's Demas. Demas, he was no use to Paul because he had... Forsaken Paul it says for Demas has forsaken me Having loved this present world And there are many that will Follow after the example of Demas And their heart will be on the world and They'll be unused They'll not be able to be used And then over in uh, verse 11 Mark And he will bring with you For he's useful to me for ministry So Paul was useful But look down in verse 14 Here's Alexander the coppersmith And he did much harm Now, this is just the way he wrote it out. He said, may the Lord repay him according to his works. But then he says, you also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. At my first offense, no one stood with me. All these forsook me. But then verse 17, but the Lord, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. So that the message might be fully preached through me And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work And preserve me for his heavenly kingdom That means everybody could desert you Everybody might forsake you But if God's standing with you There's more for you than there are against you Now you know that scripture Okay, let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 19. I- I'll do two more, then we'll share that vision, okay? We're going to need these scriptures. Listen, you've got to be in the Word. If you're His disciple, His Word must dis- abide in you and you in Him. If you're not abiding in the Word, I hate to tell you, but I'm going to tell you. I love to tell you. You're not going to make it. You will not survive what's coming. You need his word. His truth is your shield and your buckler. It's by every word of God that we live. We live and move and have our being in him. He is the word, the living word. We must have our daily bread. Without his daily bread, we will starve literally to death. Now, Matthew chapter 19, verse 24. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And when his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished. They said, well, who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? These were those who put their faith in their riches, their trust in gold that does what? What did we read earlier about gold? Gold that perishes. There's something more that we've been called to that is eternal. And again, he goes on. He says in verse 26, but Jesus... But Jesus, they're the same thing, Jesus is God, so it works. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, there's another but God. But with God all things are possible. The things that are impossible with man, they are impossible with man. But they're not impossible with God. I heard a police officer the other night, being interviewed on Tucker. And you know now there's an attack against Tucker Carlson. We need to be praying for him. He's one of the very few remaining voices that tells us the other side of the story. They want to capture the entire narrative. Anybody that breathes any opposition will come under assault. And so now they have, they're assaulting all of the sponsors of Tucker Carlson. If God doesn't come through for him, he will soon leave the Fox network. But I heard him interviewing a police officer from Tulsa. And he asked the police officer, do you see any hope? Is there any hope for what's coming? Because he was saying how the police officers all over the nation, the morale is the lowest, and obviously it's ever been. Many are getting out of the profession. Their own family members and neighbors are turning against them. What it is, it's the spirit of lawlessness. It's not about racism, it's lawlessness. It's the spirit of antichrist that is rising. And I want to tell you America, either you're going to line up on the side of the antichrist or you're going to line up on the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. One or the other, you cannot walk the middle road. Jesus himself, he said you're going to be for me or you're going to be against me. You're not going to be able to survive in the middle. And we see this happening. But he asked this police officer, do you see any hope for law and order anymore in America with all of the defunding the movement to defund the police? Which is, you know what you call that? Insanity. It's insanity. But I tell you, some of your own family members will fight you over it. Because of the spirit of the age. You'll either be filled with the Holy Spirit or you'll be filled with an unholy spirit. And if you're filled with an unholy spirit, you will be one of the sons of disobedience. And you will make war with the sons of light. I'm telling you it's going to happen. Choose ye this day whom you will serve America. If Baal is God, then follow Baal. If God is God, then follow God. You cannot serve two masters. You will love one and you'll despise the other. So they asked the police officer, is there any hope? He looked at Tucker. He wanted to say, "I, I, yes. He said, Tucker, I don't think there is. I've lost hope. I don't see an answer. I don't see any hope. And I tell you the way it currently is. I don't see any hope without God. But, but, there's a but God. Okay, one more, then I'm going to share that story. 1 Corinthians, I'll just read this. Chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except that it's common to man. What does that mean? You guys, no temptation will come except it's common. What does that mean? That everybody faces the same temptations. They may come in different packages, but ultimately it's with the same, the same demons that attack all. But you know what the rest of that verse says? But God is faithful. Let me read all of it. No temptation has overtaken you except as common to man. But God is faithful. Who, is not a, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation or the trial will also make a way of escape, a way out, that you may be able to bear it. So the devil is a liar when he says this temptation is beyond. You cannot overcome it. Jesus already overcame it. He overcame and he set the example for us to follow. And besides that, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That's why David said, thy word have I hidden my heart, that I might not sin against you. Well, you could go read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. That's another, but God. And there are many more. How many of you know there are many more? Man, that would have been a good one, but I want to get on. And then there's Acts chapter 13, verse 28. And it speaks about, but the resurrection. Basically, they thought they had him in. They thought he was defeated, Dethroned, destroyed, dead But God raised him from the dead Changed everything It was the single most unbelievable Greatest moment in all of the history of mankind When Jesus rose from the dead But God raised him from the dead Which opens the door To great hope Now I want to read, I want to, I wish I could play it, but it just, it was very hard to hear, and you wouldn't, I'd have to repeat it anyway. Maybe we'll send it out. Oh good, somebody else is following me, that makes me more popular, I guess. (laughs) Or maybe unpopular. Why do you bring this with you when you preach? What are you doing? I don't know, God. we just got to be real, but listen to this. There's one more, but God. Amos said, surely the Lord God does nothing except that he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. So what does that tell us? That God is always speaking to someone on the earth as to what he is going to be doing in the days to come. The Holy Spirit shows us things to come, correct? We have many of you There are things you go through And you, it's almost like you've been there before It's probably the Holy Spirit Has been speaking to you Showing you things Giving you words of knowledge and wisdom Confirming that you're on the right path Or convicting That you're off And you need to get back on You need to make a turn Repent But anyway God is This is the way our God is So Obviously Kenneth Hagin must have been one of his prophets And for what I've heard of Kenneth Hagin he was A blessed man, I don't know when he died but 57 years ago So here I'm just going to sum it up And I want you to think about all that is happening in America today Many people, I don't know how you could not be aware of what's, what's happening It's all around us, it's coming to a neighborhood near you but it ain't coming near my dwelling That's what we're praying It ain't coming near my dwelling I'm praying that Though 10,000 shall fall No plague shall come near my dwelling Now the problem is A lot of people are going to be moving here To get away from there Only come if the Holy Spirit sends you here Because if he sends you here He'll take care of you here Because we, how are we going to take care of you? It's just me and Thomas It's just us man Sometimes we feel like the least Among the body of Christ in America But we have a big God I used to be concerned about being so small Then the Lord Somehow I heard somebody say You know the same Jesus That lived in Billy Graham And Billy Sunday and Kenneth Hagin Lives in you young man And I never forgot it And I believe it, I don't care how big I am There's a big Jesus living inside of you He's bigger than you know and he's going to prove himself in the days to come He's bigger than all the demons out there that are shouting For attention at this hour Okay, get to the prophecy 57 years ago, Kenneth Hagin was caught up into the heavens Now I believe in stuff like that, how many of you? Caught up into the heavens, he saw a vision of what would unfold on the earth, what I believe at a time right now, the year 2020. And when you hear, you'll see. So let me just quote as much as I can. I have to explain a few things. He says, in this experience, he said he heard the Lord say, come up here. And all of a sudden, he went up into the air and stood next to the Lord Jesus overlooking the earth. And the Lord stood behind me, and we looked down and saw all the states of the United States. And the Lord said, Behold, son, and I, w- I will show you what, you what shall come to pass. The eyes of many will see what I show you and will remember that I said it shall come to pass. That's happening this morning. We're hearing what he was given, and we're going to see that it's coming to pass. And he said all of a sudden he saw a hand come out of the ocean And it became as a dark cloud that covered the entire nation All of the states And he asked the Lord what this darkness meant And the Lord said son the darkness is the hand of atheistic communism That shall sweep across the nation Even in the minds of men and in their leaders in high places Politicians with great power Now I need to stop and explain that For just a moment Because in 1963 Americans would understand What Kenneth Hagin saw But over the last 50 something years Most Americans have forgotten Do you know another name for communism? Socialism Same thing Communism comes in with an iron fist Have you seen them in in the riots? and the protests hold up their fist. That's something, we've seen that fist from time to time throughout history. History is repeating itself. It's the fist, the iron fist. Communism. Socialism comes in through the passing of laws. You get the people to vote for a liberal that is a socialist and then they work behind the scenes to deceive the people and to bring the laws On the people when the people don't even know what happened Can I just be honest with you Anybody want me to quit I'm not going to quit Even if you want me to So socialism This anti-police lawlessness Jesus said this day would come He said there will be a day In the last days Lawlessness will abound And the love of many will grow cold So what does that mean For us That means we counter the lawlessness with obedience to God. We be obedient. Be holy even as he is holy. And we grow more in love with our God. The wicked will be wicked still. And the righteous must be righteous still. There's going to be an acceleration of both parties. Anyway. I can remember, it, and if you're over 45 or so, you remember too. Former communist leaders said that one day we will take you, America. We will take you from within without firing a shot. Now I'm just going to tell you, socialism is the government of hell. It's the government of hell. I personally believe it will be the dominant government on the earth during the reign of the Antichrist system. Because it's a slavery. It's the ultimate slavery over a people. It's the opposite of we the people. Government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Socialism makes it that the people are of and for and by the governor. They're servants of government. And when the devil controls the government, guess who they're serving? Anyway, this is an exciting time to live, isn't it? Aren't you glad you get to live? So I'm just interrupting this prophecy, trying to give some, because these guys don't even, they don't know. Maybe, now Dylan knows, because he came from South Africa. And they didn't rewrite the history books in South Africa yet, or have they? I don't know, but in America, they've removed this all out of the history books. Yeah, it's some of the same thing going on. It's worldwide. Most American students, they have no idea what's happening and what they're joining. When they raise their fists, they have no idea. Anyway, and so the older crowd just looks and, what are we going to do? Just, you know, shake our head? No, we're going to stand up and be the people of God. Because many of those in the streets are destined to be the men and women of God God's going to use in this hour and in the coming harvest. They're just waiting for somebody to go and stand on the street corner and say thus saith the Lord and give them an opportunity to turn to Jesus Christ and it's going to happen. There's going to be a counter-revolution happen at the same time of this revolution. and We're the counter-revolution. Say I'm the counter-revolution. We're sons of the living God. All right, let's get back. So the Lord began to speak how liberty would be taken from the land. This is what God spoke to Kenneth Hagen. Liberty would be taken from the land. Hagen goes on. He says, I could see what seemed like a bottle of ink had been spread over many of the states. He could see the spots all over the map. And he asked the Lord what this meant. And the Lord again said, this is communistic inspired agents among the racists using racists. Using racists. Now, he probably didn't understand that, although in 1963, there was a lot going on among the racists. But in 2020, we see it clearly. And he said, using the race, and I would say to you, using racism, it will cause greater turmoil than your nation has seen. And this turmoil will spring forth. And then the Lord, the Lord then said, this was not the will of God. But men's heart and the perversion of men And it will be worse than you've ever seen And then he cried out Oh Lord is there a remedy God is there a remedy Is there any hope Evil men And then he said And he used that scripture that I shared earlier God spoke to him and said Evil men will grow worse and worse Imposters Deceiving and being deceived And that's what we see happening right now The true colors of mayors and governors. And those who said they followed Christ. And they didn't. And their true colors are, being, are coming out. And then Hagen said. Oh Lord. Do we have nothing to look forward to in the future of America. But the darkness. War. Destruction and evil. And then he said as he looked into the spirit realm. He saw a ball of fire falling from heaven. And the closer it got, it divided into many small balls of fire that then fell upon the heads of men and women. And as a result, an army of men and women rose up. And he saw, he said it was like their heads were on fire. He said it was tongues of fire. And he asked the Lord what this meant the Lord said, the day of darkness has come, but before the Lord comes, there is a work that must be done. So prepare your heart, for the time is at hand, and speak boldly my truth. And there was more. And I put it down the best I could, because it was hard to understand. But there's one more but God. You with me? Go to Isaiah chapter 60. This is it. Isaiah 60, verse 2, the last but God this morning. How many of you are glad you endured? Amen. We're going to have to get practice enduring. Endure to the end. Amen. That's what he said. Endure to the end. The great falling away. That is, somehow doesn't fit with the enduring to the end. So we need to endure For behold Verse 2, 62 For behold The darkness shall cover the earth And deep darkness the people But Here's the last one But the Lord Okay there You could stop after the beginning of verse 2 And darkness shall cover the earth And deep darkness the people But the Lord Will arise over you And his glory will be seen upon you. And in verse 3 we see what's going to happen. This is the work that must be done. And the Gentiles, the lost, shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. We've read that scripture hundreds of times. But now we have a better picture. It's for a time like this. But God, Lord, I want to thank you for your word. God, I thank you with all of my heart for speaking to us and leading us. Lord, you said those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. And Lord, you said all of creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. And Lord, is not our nation now waiting for the revealing Of the true sons of God And I thank you Lord That the sons of God are not limited to Just The men and the boys It's anyone You said Lord That you gave power to believe And they became sons of God Even to those that believe on your name And so Lord we pray right now In the name of Jesus That what Kenneth Hagin saw 57 years ago Lord, you said many would hear what was spoken and they would see it come to pass. And God, we see now coming to pass a darkness that's sweeping over the land. And yet, God, we know there's a but God because there's a work to be done. And we pray in Jesus' name that now would come the greatest fulfillment of this scripture. Thank you for all that have preached it all these years but now God we pray let the glory of the Lord arise over the people of God and let your people arise and let your son be seen upon your church in 2020 and we ask you for it God I ask you Lord in this place That the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord would rest upon your people. I ask you, God, to baptize everyone in this room with the fire. I ask you, God, for tongues of fire to fall upon the people of God, Lord. We are desperate for you. And I ask you for this baptism. That the fire and tongues of God would fall upon your people. And use our tongues to speak your truth in a time where truth is being discarded. I thank you, God, your truth will prevail. Truth will prevail.